Hello everyone, and welcome to the Red Dwarf Introcast, where longtime fans and other longtime fans who used to be newbies talk about Red Dwarf episode by episode. And sometimes again. Yeah, sometimes yes. re recordings go bad, and we have to redo them months later. Um, but that's okay, because we're going to do a good job uh, talking about Season 12, Episode 6. Uh, what's the name of this episode again? Skipper. Skipper! That's right, that's right. I'm kidding. I, we just rewatched it, it's fine. Uh, but first, okay. my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And yes, so let's hop right on into this one. Um, you mean skip right on in. What? Oh, you've got jokes. Um, <laughs> so we begin with Kat coming in and saying, Hey, Officer Smegsky, a super, super timely reference to West Side Story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody catches that reference. Uh, but still. There, it, there was a joke later on uh, that you had to look up that ended up being not a reference to the historical figure, but the Cockney slang. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's later on. That, yeah. yeah, that's way later on. Um, but yeah, yeah, sometimes they make timely references. Yes. Although, I mean, Danny John Jules, I'm sure, is a fan. He, he likes the dancing musicals. Yeah, and he he dances. He, do, he, do, he yeah. does. Um, and sometimes he appears in dancing TV shows. He does. Oh, has he been doing that lately? Yes. Uh, strictly come dancing. Yes. Yeah, I saw when I was uh, looking for the feedback to this episode that was posted in August. Um then I was looking through all of the uh, posts, and there was a, a Strictly Ballroom yes. video. Hmm. He was dancing. Yeah. I, Very I should point out. I should point out. Happy New Year to everyone. It's 2021. It is. Uh, yeah, yes. Wait, is it? Uh, one of those years. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. In an alternate universe, it's 2021, I guess. No, it's uh, 2018. Oh, wait, 19. Yeah. Where you awkwardly make the eight into a nine. Yes. <laughs> At least for if, a couple more months. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. We have Kat and Rimmer having a bit of a chat. And uh, they have found... Uh, uh, then uh, Lister and, and Kraken come in to tell them that they have found Captain Hollister's crew appraisal files. Um, and like a three-ring binder? Yes. That it, seems very old school. In the 24th century, we will all be using three-ring binders. <laughs> okay, but in the last episode, I had, because I just edited the last episode, I had said uh, we should have more Captain Hollister mm -hmm. and maybe have, like, crew recordings where yes. they could play back videos. And in this episode, we actually get Captain Hollister and we get... Not video recordings, because he didn't keep a vlog, but just a crappy three-ring binder yeah. <laughs> that was in HR. Yes, and we had, had also talked about, um, oh, we're never going to see Holly again. And it would be nice to see Captain Hollister, but the show we're never gonna do anything probably like shouldn't go back to the whole full crew pattern that didn't work so great in season eight and whatnot, but... Um, yeah, so, you know, we kind of got the best of, of both worlds here. We got our references, and we, and got, we a got... Yeah, a little, little bit of fan service there. It's, it's always nice. Um, so, yes, uh, Lister is uh, pleased to find that Captain Hollister thought that he was uh, clearly quite bright. 
And, and that's all. And 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 uh, and a few <laughs> other things. And then of course Rimmer uh, gets to read his and reacts in a Rimmerish way. We'll probably save that for a quote later so anyway, just because it's a hoot. Blah blah blah. It's not my fault. Um, but then, in classic Red Dwarf fashion, and classic Star Trek fashion, and pretty much any space show fashion, there's a weird space anomaly thing. I hate when people use the word anomaly. Oh, wait. Not quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Darn those space anomalies. Uh, and so, the the sci-fi thingy of the week, um, appears to be based on, uh, Oh, what was it? Multi, not multiverse theory, many, many worlds theory. That's it. Yeah. Yes. In which, um, every time that there's two possibilities of something happening or decisions to be made, um, then it splits off into alternate universes. So in our gimmick, then if you decide to do one thing, the opposite happens. And so, yes, uh, we're in opposite world here, and uh, the calm voice lady informs them that there's nothing to worry about, uh, which is always... Which means there is something to worry about. Actually, yeah, even without the anomaly, that would be the case. Yeah, yeah, it works. So does that mean that there isn't anything to worry about, because she Uh, says there isn't anything to worry about, which means there's something to worry about, which means there isn't anything to worry about? Oh, no... But what happens if you have and therefore like, my and therefore my head explodes? Yeah. What well, what happens if you have like a decision where there's not two choices to make? Like this is a very binary thing. Yeah. What if you have like several different options? Yes, that is a it's a logical fallacy. It's an either or fallacy or a black and white fallacy. Um, yeah, what if what if you're okay, I'm going to wear my red shirt, my green shirt, or my blue shirt. And you say, Ah, I'm going to wear my blue shirt. Well, does that mean that two of you appear wearing red and green? Maybe. <laughs> but then if you're stuck in this opposite anomaly, then do you wear uh red and green paisley? Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> So yeah, that's a little unclear. But again, we're and not. And no matter what you do, do we always finish at the same place? Yeah. Yes, obviously. So we're. we're so going I've, been, to... I've been watching Bandersnatch too many times. Have not seen yeah. that yet, but I'm very curious about it. Yes, everybody keeps talking about Bird Box and Bandersnatch, and I'm like, yeah, Bird Box Bandersnatch, the star of Doctor Strange and Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely actor. Um, so, um, but yes, we are in our mini worlds interpretation of reality here, um, and we're not particularly worried about the science because Red Dwarf just takes the premise and then just goes with whatever is funny, and that is fine. Um, and we find out that Crichton has been working on a quantum doodad that's going to let them travel to alternate dimensions. And I guess he's just doing that. I mean, I guess he gets bored. Something to do, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um. (laughs) I love that he's, like, doing all of these quantum experiments, but then he's so proud that he would be able to mop on his old ship. Yes. Like, he has a really, still a really skewed view of his own self-worth. 
You know, though, he he likes his work, and there's a lot to be said for that. <laughs> he's he's quite self-actualized, is Crichton. He, uh, he knows what he wants, and he wants to mop. And do quantum experiments. And do quantum experiments on the side. Um, so, yeah, we've got our, our quantum skipper here, and uh, nobody else really wants to leave. Everybody is kind of cool just hanging out on the dwarf, except for, of course, Rimmer. Apparently, um, Lister doesn't want to go looking for Kachansky. Yeah, nobody wants to go find any any female cast members, and and that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so <laughs> maybe he's just been there, done yeah. that. Figures it's time to let go. I do hope we eventually get some sort of return on that. Although now he says that he's got responsibilities because he's the last human in the universe, but. I mean, does that mean that she's canonically dead, or that she skipped the universe, or... Well, I mean, she was going back to try to find her own universe, so I think he just figures that she's so competent and self-motivated that she actually did. Mm. Maybe so. It works. Uh, but Rimmer seems to think... That a lot of his problem is not that he's constantly blaming other people for his problems, as Captain Hollister thought, but Rimmer's problem is other people. Uh, so he blames other people Absolutely. for his problems. Uh, and so he's going to surround himself with a better class of people uh, and goes dimension hopping. Wait, or dimension jumping. Wait, that seems familiar somehow. Yeah, dimension ju- jumping dimension. I don't know. Although um, it is weird that he wants to find a better class of people, but he's in a weird way acknowledging that he made bad decisions because he wants to find the places where he made the opposite decisions oh, and therefore good decisions. This is true. Yeah. Now, in our first alternate reality that we get to here, I'm a little confused because... Rimmer is dead, but the explosion has not happened yet. So I'm kind of... Maybe he made another decision at another point? So, like, would it still have been his job as a hologram to fix the drive plate? I mean, probably not, because he wouldn't have got the hard light. Yeah, so he couldn't have touched the drive plate. Yeah. Yeah. I think mainly they just wanted to get the giant H on his there from the first season back, or H. Uh, yeah, and yes. and it was distractingly large. Yes, it was fun seeing the old uniform though. Um, so yeah, that was a little confusing, and he's dead in, in most of his uh, of his realities. But of course, the big thing from his first jump is we get the triumphant return of Holly. Holly 1.0. Who failed the test. Who failed the test. He forgot to flip the paper. Um, Tell you what, for a computer program, though, that computer program has aged quite a lot. That's mean. (laughs) No, I, I... Just the realities of acting. Yes. I'm not, well, since yes. since all of them are aged, then maybe this was a reality where they accidentally went through an aging field or there something. <laughs> there you go. It has been accounted for. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, we get Captain Hollister. And, oh, I always love seeing Captain Hollister. Uh always just a delight uh, he really seems to love that role and and so yeah the idea and i wonder if this 
might have been the reality in the original too, but that he accidentally stumbled into a uh, res- yeah. uh, rescue tube. To... His hand slipped. Yep. And he hit the wrong button. Yep. Darn it. Indeed. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I say at this point that uh, how much Norman Levitt Norman Levitt plays on it is a miserable git. Yeah, I have heard that from several people. Yes, he's yeah. This was uh, shown well, about yeah about eighteen months before this episode was originally shown. He was at the Swindon Comic Con, which I attended, and of course Holly being a bit of a wanting to be a bit of a surprise in this episode, he obviously told me on the Saturday. Then he told a, um, a convention hall of about four hundred people on the Sunday. Hmm. Yeah. Waited for the surprise. That's yeah. a shame. Yes. And then he would, and he spent it all day Saturday and Sunday saying, "What the hell am I doing here?" You know who I think wouldn't have spoiled the cameo? Hattie Haybridge. <laughs> no, she's a lovely. She is she's absolutely delightful. She is absolutely lovely. And I've. Uh... I remember you saying that uh, Mac McDonald was also a yep. lot of fun. He, yep, he is. He's a lot of fun as well. Yeah. But uh, well, we all have those people in our various fandoms who are just everyone else is great, and they're sort of the worst. <laughs> Why you gotta be yeah. that guy? Oh well. Mm. Um, but so yeah, we, I mean, we actually, as you know, we managed to stay unspoiled on this. We sort of went through the series wondering, will they bring back any of the old, uh, old characters? And, mm. and we had just decided that they wouldn't. And yeah. They... Although I knew something was coming up because of the people who were like, oh, you need to do a live recording, a live watch of this. And I'm like, uh-huh. Hmm. Uh-huh, they only do that when <laughs> there's cameo. Who's going to do the cameo? So, yeah. yeah. A, a little, yeah. like, not spoiler, but sort of emotion spoiler, I guess. Yes. I think we all need to get together and make you do a spoiler, make, give you a spoiler at some point. Then you would hate us forever. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I try and avoid spoilers, uh, j- just generally. Um, so, I think our next reality, was that the one where we meet uh, Rat? Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, old the, Rat. The uh, weirdly posh... Uh, Lister. Lister, yeah. where yes. the poshness ends up translating into his accent. <laughs> which, you know, makes me a little uncomfortable, but... <laughs> yeah, oh, he was, that was fine. Where, yeah. Where was it? Uh, space chaps, or space chums. Yeah, space, space chums, that's space it. Space chums. Yeah. Sounding like an old BBC villain. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, quite, yes. Mm. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, and so, yes, we get a Lister who seems much more compatible with Rimmer, who shares his uh, his interesting wire collections and whatnot. Uh, the only problem, of course, is that the ship is completely infested with giant, evolved, hyper hyper evolved rat creatures. Um, now, you have a uh, an old cord 
uh, collection, but it's just because we keep cords forever and I don't know what they are, and I think they replicate. Sometimes. <laughs> they make little baby cords. They, they do make little baby cords. So grow up into bigger cords. That rat costume. It was creepy. That was just creepy as everything. Yeah. Oh, when it was like looking around, like, no. But kind of a weird way with the rat accent, too. <laughs> I don't know what they were going for there, but. I don't know. Yeah. Every, just everything about rat was disturbing. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I'm Rimmer with Rimmer. Made a good choice. Yeah. You got to hit the button on this one. Hit the button, Frank. Um. And this is where he doesn't have to wait for the recharge anymore. Yeah, they yeah. decided that it's funnier if he just hops from place to place really quickly. And and that's fine. Yeah, we get the... I did like the little vignettes there with, like, you know, machine gun fire and weird squelchy noises. And that's always fun. Um, I like to think that, like, several of them are just where polymorphs had taken over. Yes. And there was the mini Lister's vo- uh, universe. Yes. Uh, let's see. But then finally we end up on the other reality where he spends a small amount of time. And he has things pretty good there. Officer Rimmer, he's in navigation. Uh, he's got a wife and four strapping boys. Um, everything he ever wanted. Everything he ever wanted. Except... But Lister's got it just a little better. Okay, Captain Lister's idea of having the stasis pod where he could put hot snacks in and cold drinks in forever. That is, I mean, that is brilliant. I would never have thought of using a stasis pod for that. But yeah, like, there's nothing like a fresh cooked, you know, uh, snack or, or meal or something and just being it being fresh cooked whenever you want it that's brilliant see that's the thing i think lister would do great as the captain of a corporate ship like rimmer always thinks of uh this is very military like it's a very military ship but no it's it's like it's company owned it's there to make money and lister i think that sort of plays to his strengths. So, yeah, it makes total sense mm-hmm. that he got where he was, especially blackmailing the company <laughs> with hush money and stuff. And that he, yeah, that he got where he is by finding Rimmer's mistake is brilliant. Yeah. And I loved, loved that they threw in the uh, up, up, up the cigarette. Yep. <laughs> Look at his split. split. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the other sort of cameo that we get here is uh, the old bunk room. Aww. Oh, yes. I, I like the studio audience. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> Remember way back when. Remember way back when when we had to film in this very tiny set. We ended up making bigger sets. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, yeah, a little bit of a callback to in a previous episode from this season with the Helium 7 yeah. uh, mm. that made Lister his money. But uh, And he finally got with Chrissy. Oh, no, wait, not that Chrissy. Yes. Wrong Chrissy. Wrong Chrissy. Wrong Chrissy. Yes. The stripper from Venus. You know, I'm sure that 
uh, once space travel to Venus becomes a big thing, then the Limerick game is just going to skyrocket. Absolutely. I mean, there once was a stripper from Venus. I mean, just go from there. You've got so many (laughs) options, none of them good. Um, So, yes, but we end up in sort of a It's a Wonderful Life fashion uh, with... Rimmer realizing that his sad, miserable existence was less sad and miserable than some other possibilities. And I gotta think that he had fewer... Like, they keep saying he has infinity options, but I'm sure he had fewer because so many of those other Rimmers became aces. Like, remember the ace graveyard? You know, and yeah, I, I will say that when they first threw in oh, we're going to have Rimmer jumping from reality to reality. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking, okay, we're going to get an Ace Rimmer cameo just because people love Ace Rimmer and they, and they didn't squeeze it in at every opportunity. But they didn't, and I, I kind of respect that. Like, throwing something in just for the reaction, just to throw it in when it's not doesn't really further the plot or anything, you, you have to be careful with that. There's a balance. <clears throat> Dibley family. <clears throat> yeah, the Dibley. Yes. yes, exactly that. I still have the nightmares. <laughs> As do we all. Um. Okay, so then they end with a poker game, which reminds me of the ending of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, I wonder if they were sort of, just in case Series 13 was not going to be a thing, if that was uh, the, the plan. And Patrick Stewart was right all along. Red Dwarf is copying. He should have made that phone call. Should have made that phone call. You know, I'm sure these days they could probably talk Patrick Stewart into making a cameo under Red Dwarf. Oh, he probably would. He seems to have a delightful sense of humor and would probably just be thrilled. Of course, he's busy with his own show. Yes. yes. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. I'm just I'm just looking forward to the new series of Star Trek Discovery in a couple of weeks. We have not watched that, mostly because CBS All Access is terrible. Yeah. Oh, we're lucky we get that Netflix over here. Oh, that's nice. Aww. The Klingon makeup is really odd in that series, but mm. <laughs> oh, um, Klingons—they look different in every series. Yes, <laughs> and they and Klingons speak mostly Klingon. Hmm. That is different. The, you know, it takes a while to get used to it. I'm going off topic here. Back to Red Dwarf. Yes. Back yes. to Red Dwarf. Anyway, next week on Star Trek Cast, we're going to... Uh, Don't get me started. Yes. I would go all in. Oh, yeah, she would. Um, so, yeah, a very good episode overall. I thought a very nice season ender. It had some nice references to back story. The, the plot of this one, it sort of did... Um, like Red Dwarf sometimes does. It's like, well, here's the weird, quirky sci-fi concept we're going with for this week. Just mm-hmm. kidding. That's only for about a third of the episode. Here's the real one we're going for this week. And and that was fun. Uh, so let's see. I have to say, though. Hit it. I have, I have to say that I had much. I hated this episode originally. Mm. Why is that? Uh, I, that was... Because, um, because of course I knew that Holly was going to be appearing there was going to be a couple of callbacks as well and I thought it was going to be a big thing and then Holly only appeared in what two minutes? Yeah Captain, Captain yeah. Hollister even less? Yeah 
you know, so you know, I always going into it thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be this big thing, and it actually wasn't. I mean, it was, but it's not like yeah, it wasn't mm. the epi- it wasn't what the episode was about. It yeah. was just, uh, hey, here's this, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was when I originally watched it, I thought it was fan service for fan service sake. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, but that's. Not so unusual for a dwarf. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right, though. It, it, it was. Uh, and I can, if I had had those expectations, I, I think I might have been let down as well, which is yeah. one reason spoilers are bad and actors should really know better um, yes. than to do that at cons. But yes. Um, but I mean, it's kind of like so uh, the, the solo movie, for example. I, just having seen the previews and everything, I was like, eh, I, this. I don't think they're going to get it right. I don't know that there's a need for this story. I, I don't think I'm going to like it. So I went into that with very low expectations. And I think partly because of that, I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't you know, the best movie ever or anything, but it was entertaining. Um, it, it held up nicely. I, I, I didn't regret seeing it or anything. So I was like, okay, it's, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Maybe it's not great, but it's it's good. Um, and But yeah, if I had gone in expecting great things, I would have been really let down. Mm. I love I Solo, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it was it was entertaining. I thought it was mm. entirely unnecessary, and it, I feel like I'd never have the compulsion to re-watch it, which I have the compulsion to re-watch most Star Wars movies. I could see that. I could see that. But, uh... But it had Daenerys in it, and she... She, oh my god. She had space dragons. Uh, anyway. Um, mm. So. Next time on Star Wars Cast. Yes, next time on Force Cast. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so we probably have some quotes. Well, we do feedback before that. I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. Feedback. Yes, we do have feedback. We have quotes that other people have put on our Facebook page <laughs> that we yeah. shall call feedback. <laughs> Feedback cast. Next time on Feedback cast. Okay, I will start with Stephen Greer saying, uh, after bringing back a classic character in the last episode, we're introduced to the mother of all cameos, Rimmer's original H. It is good to see it after 30 years. Seems to have put on a bit of weight. Joking aside, it was great to see them bring back all the old stuff with a modern twist in this episode. Uh, This episode starts off Uh, Strong with the back reference to Waiting to God with Lister and the crew happily reading through Hollister's file on Rimmer and Lister, who is quite right, you know. Uh, Following it up with a classic uh, Gilligan cutscene done brilliantly with a cat messing it up every time, because cats are cats. Having Crichton admitting to not exactly inventing the Quantum Skipper himself is uh, is a nice nod to the Matter Paddle and the Triplicator, Taking uh, Tape Tech already seen in pre- prior episodes and used in a new way, the only plot hole is introduced here. Oh, I took a picture of this, and it cut off there. Uh, here, I'm on it. Let's see. Um, click and cut. Da, 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 da. Uh, the only uh, plot hole. Yes, it needs a recharge after skipping, yes, yeah, but only yeah. on the first one for some reason. That isn't explained, and could have been done with Crichton saying, on the first skip, the system has to prime itself and recalibrate. Should work instantly for any later skips, sir. Uh, or, you know, some other reason. Uh, seeing the accident that is Chernobyl Dwarf is amazing. 
as is seeing Holly come back for a cameo with a retread of an old joke that works so well. Yes, that's going to make its way into the quotes. Um, and I think it goes without saying that we need more Holly in our life. Yes, but which? Uh, and uh, more Hollister. Um, having the quick gags of various bad universes after fleshing out two was a nice quick gag that doesn't stick around longer than needed. And they timed the Mr. Rat gag perfectly. Uh, we got enough of the joke to last us for an eternity. Indeed. Finally, seeing Lister in command makes sense. He is quite bright, you know and would seize the chance to move up the cigarette lickety split if uh, if in this universe he never got back with Chrissy. Finally, uh, the set design. Hands down, they did an amazing job making the modern sets feel like the classic ones, making you feel that this is what a 1988 style of the show would look like. Uh, then the almost accurate recreation of the original set, not even really tweaked to update it other than a widescreen Holly monitor. All in all, a 100% successful episode, says Stephen Greer. Thank you for that. And let's see. Sam Hyland writes, Sam Hyland writes, A good episode with some solid laughs and guest characters, with a great performance all around. Plus, Denny hitting the gong with a reptile mean there was no sound effect needed. Hmm. Perhaps one of the best episodes in the Dave era. Mm. Gareth Edwards says, This is the episode of the series for me. Uh, it has all the hallmarks of classic dwarf. There is so much to love in this episode, from dimension hopping, Holly returning, which was the worst kept secret <laughs> of 12, uh, to Mac being back and awesome. And then there is Mr. Rat. No matter how many times I see it, he cracks me up. I'm glad he, he did. It, it creeped me out, but I'm glad <laughs> you enjoyed him, Gareth. Um... Then, uh, towards the end of the episode, we get yet another callback to Classic Dwarf with an upscaled model shot. Uh, and then the old series, One Two Bunk Room, that hit me hard in the nostalgia. Yes. Uh, in the making of, they plan from. Uh, they pan from the modern bunk room to the classic, and boy, Red Dwarf has come so far. Ten out of ten dinner gongs. Uh, and Jonathan you. F. Young says it's an episode of two halves. Indeed. A first, uh, a fun first half that is a bit like the opening of White Hole, but in a different time fluctuation than a Dimension Jump sketch show in Part 2. The less you knew about Holly or the Captain coming back, the better the thrills work, as Shane has pointed out. Uh, ultimately, including them doesn't go anywhere. Uh, fun through this, uh, fun that the sketches are. For me, the bold weirdness of Rhett steals the show and the series. Despite the fact you see Danny putting the mask down three times, it's just it's just so joyously silly. It doesn't matter that it all feels like a bad outtake of an idea. Just laugh at its overbelling, bearing massive-headed swagger. A good place for Red Dwarf to be at 30 at the end of the current running run, a fitting series finale. <laughs> so, so did he like it or did he not like it? No, I think he liked it. Okay, it was sort of a mixed review. No, he, he was saying that the, the costume thing was silly, but it didn't really matter just because it was so much oh, fun. Okay, okay. Um, so oh. apparently, yeah, well, I think we're in the minority on the rat. I think most people enjoyed the rat. Mm. I, I was mm, uncomfortable the with the rat. Um, I'm with Remmer. Well, thank you all for the feedback. Uh, so, do we do quotes or ratings first? I think ratings and then quotes. Ratings and then quotes. Okay. Ratings. I don't even know what I've been rating things. Uh, I forgot to check back on the previous episodes. So. Oh, the ratings don't matter. 
where the points, <laughs> everything is made up, but the points don't matter. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, well, one of y'all go ahead. Um, I'm gonna give it like I don't even remember what I did the first time we recorded this episode because again, this is a re-record of the episode because we lost the first one or at least lost half of it with Shane's audio taken out. Um, so I'm going to say nine out of ten stars. It was good. Uh, nine out of ten. Uh. Rat tail gongs. I think you stole the grading that. Uh, Probably. Yeah. That's fine. So, let's see. I'm I'm going to give it uh, nine out of ten as well. Um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun for me, and the nice cameos. I got I got the warm fuzzies with the with the nostalgia. And always good to see Meg McDonald, and so yeah, I thought it worked well. Um, it's it's what Red Dwarf does well. It, it takes the high concept sci-fi premise, but it doesn't necessarily overanalyze itself to death. It just has fun with it, uh, and gets a lot of good one-liners and references in there, and that's cool. So I'm going to give it nine out of ten Venusian strippers. Cool, brilliant. brilliant. I'm going to give it two ratings. Okay. Uh, on my first watch, I would have given it about a 3 out of 10. Don't do that. Uh, people <laughs> yeah. will come after you, man. <laughs> However, it will become controversial. 3 out of 10. Yes. However, now I've rewatched it, and it's been time since I've rewatched it, because as I said, this is a re-record. Um, I'm going to have to also, I'm going to have to give it, yeah, I'm going to also have to give it 9 out of 10. And I really want to say Ryan Styles, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, give it nine out of ten. Waiting for a lift. Sorry, stairs. <laughs> so stairs. Yep. <laughs> lift. Stairs. Stairs. Lift. Stairs. Um. Cool. All right. And then that brings us to our final portion of the show, the quotes. Um. Did you want to go first? I've got a few here. No, you go first. Uh, uh, I go, uh, can I go first? Yeah. The crew are alive? Yes, Arnold. The original crew? Yes, Arnold. Captain Hollister? Nobody's dead, Arnold. Todd Hunter? Nobody's dead, Arnold. Not even Peterson? Nobody. Nobody's dead? Not even Lister? Gordon Bennett? Lister, Peterson? Nobody. Nobody's dead? Nobody is dead, Arnold. So hang on. You're telling me nobody's dead? I wish I hadn't bought this up now. <laughs> so that actually reminds me. I ha- so I finally looked up. I know it's been a catchphrase for it, but I finally looked up where this whole Gordon Bennett thing comes from. Yeah. Uh, and Angela was talking about that earlier. So yeah, apparently it's a crazy American sportsman, billionaire, playboy type. Um, not billionaire, but yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Named James uh, Gordon Bennett, who was just yeah. sort of a of a, a headline grabbing society nut um in the like was it late 1800s or early 1900s anyway quite a while yeah. ago but because he was so wild and gordon bennett sounds a little bit like gore blimey then so we have like slang becoming more slang, slangified becoming more because slang. it sounds like somebody's name that kind of matches the meaning of the slang so, I, I, I love that. Um, 
So anyway, uh, next week on Etymology Cast, we're uh, going to uh. discuss um, Cockney rhyming slang. And no, uh, so another quote, another quote. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I'm going to go right back to the beginning there. Um, I'm busy. Don't disturb me. Last time you disturbed me, I was doing the safety check, and I failed to notice the diesel decks were flooded. All I said was, help, I'm on fire, and it distracted me. <laughs> Polish my boots. I ain't not going to not polish your boots. Damn it. You miscounted your ain'ts and nots. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. I'm tested every month. <laughs> of course I've been tested. I'm always tested. Can you prove that? Have you got a certificate? Well, no. I failed the test. I forgot to turn the paper over. I didn't realize there was only two, there was two sides. <laughs> um, let's see. I liked the... Um... Can all crew please return to their quarters so we can begin a body count of the survivors? <laughs> I quantum skipped from another universe. Is that slang for getting slaughtered? <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with the multiverse? That strip club on Venus? Okay, went there once. Is that a crime? All right, maybe twice. Okay, I'm a lifetime member. But what happens on Venus stays on Venus. Uh, my final one. But sir, I thought all good captains went down on their ship. They do. Lasers! Mm. <laughs> oh. Let's see. Um, where is it? Where is it? Um, he will never get blah, 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 blah in life. Hoyle continues to blame everyone for his own failings. Blame people? I don't blame people. And even if I do, I got that off my mom. She's a huge blamer. I got nothing. I don't remember that quote. Uh. <laughs> oh, fun. Um. So yeah, overall, a fun episode. We enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed it again as we've gone back and recorded a second time. Um, but hey, at least it, it let you um, maybe get a, a fresh perspective on it, Shane. Oh yeah, definitely. Post sad spoiler. Yes. All right. Well, uh, so that is it for us this week. Uh, the next thing that you should be hearing from us, uh, if I'm not terribly mistaken, is uh, we'll be participating with uh, Nutty Nuchas, um, and I assume tech, I'm not sure, uh, in a uh, commentary of Labyrinth, a uh, commentary review of Labyrinth, the film which Shane has somehow never seen. Yes, I know. So yeah, that happened. Uh, but we're, we're going to rectify that situation uh, and, and, uh, and hopefully put in a review there. So that's, that's going to be, I guess, our holiday special for the year. Or for yes. last year, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, so look forward to that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. Um, 
I know it's been a while in some of these episodes. During the school year, Angela and I just sort of have to clock out from anything fun or interesting and just grade lots and lots of papers. So, um, yeah, that, that This happens. semester has been pretty bad. It has, it has. But you know what? That's life. We, we deal with it. Um, all right. Well, we will catch you next time. Uh, bye. Bye-bye.